name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This past week was the annual gathering of the priests with whom I confer. We have been meeting for 21 years. I missed the first one. I had just been ordained. And the 20 or so priests hire a speaker, professor, to give us talks, whether it be uh, Joseph Pierce and Tony Eslin or uh, Father Shaw or John Haas or Bishop Bruskowitz or Cardinal Burke. Um, this year we had the great, great privilege of being with Dr. Edward Peters for many days. He's perhaps the best canon lawyer in the United States. If he's not the best, he's certainly at least the most important canon lawyer in the U.S. If you don't follow his Twitter feed and you know what Twitter is, then you should follow him. If you don't know what Twitter is, then don't bother. Just pray for him. Uh, He teaches canon law at Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit and is... uh, uh, doesn't regard himself as infallible and certainly is open to being challenged, uh, which is why he fit in very well with our group of priests, because we are each other's jury. Uh, we challenge each other. Uh, we are the ones whose, those are the ones whose opinions I respect most. Uh, those are the ones whom I bring a new idea. Uh, those are also the ones whom I know are sturdy enough to handle uh, a strong disagreement uh, because we we care about the truth and love the truth we um, we hash it out so it's a very good week and um, it's good to be there and good to be back it's uh, a gathering where several priests whom you already know and love and respect uh, have always been whether it be Father Scalia or Father Paul Check or Father Gary Sellen there are others whom you know as well who were in that group. And I bring it up because uh, one, of the, one of the mottos of the group, even from the time when we were meeting as seminarians in the afternoons, uh, is this phrase that our Lord speaks to Peter and is emblazoned on the altar cloth. Duc in altum. Set out into the deep. Whenever we get together, we are able to compare notes, not just compare ideas. And it's, uh, it's both troubling to hear about how difficult it is to be a priest in some parts of the country, in some parts of the world. And it's also encouraging to hear the great sacrifices uh, and to, um, to know what good people, uh, what good men are doing, nevertheless. Uh, it's also a time to be the object of much envy because all of these priests know uh, St. John the Beloved and they know the Diocese of Arlington. So um, I always come back uh, feeling grateful and guilty uh, for, for everything. Um, as we compare notes regarding the decline of church attendance throughout the country, um, and, and about the shocking, um, 
shockingly low numbers of seminarians in dioceses that used to be very strong in that regard. One thought gained some traction, which goes back to another motto we had 25 years ago in the seminary, which is that orthodoxy is not a charism. You've heard me say that before. When we look at those who are faithful to the church, whether it be in uh, those, um, those believers who, who are persevering and are fruitful, or whether we look at those who are most fruitful and are raised to the glory of the altars as um, in the ranks of the blesseds and the, and the saints, it's uncommon to find people who don't belong to some particularly specific uh, spiritual family or spiritual community. We rarely find people who simply are um, orthodox. We usually find people who are that much more motivated by the Holy Spirit to be consecrated to God, to be perfected by God in a, in a unique way through, through the work of the Holy Spirit and a particular charism, maybe as a Franciscan or a Benedictine or a Dominican or in, or in, other, in other specific ways. But as it relates to a parish, obviously a parish is always going to be a parish. It's, some parishes belong to a religious order. But it doesn't mean that a diocesan parish is doomed to being bland and unfruitful. And what may very well be the case, deliberately or, um, or not, is that there is so much good happening at St. John the Beloved precisely because people are not content to do the minimum. They're not content simply to be orthodox. They're not content simply to be... Um, faithful to the church. But there's an, there's an added commitment, there's an openness to the Holy Spirit that makes the Holy Spirit effective through imparting a charism to that believer, to that family. I'm not talking about a particular personality or, or a particular winsomeness. And I'm not talking about someone who just works really hard. But there's a, there's a purposefulness that goes beyond simply staying out of trouble. July 7th is a beautiful time to be that much more grateful to God for the wide open um, permission, or the declaration that we don't need permission to use the Missale Romanum as we do. That happened 12 years ago, if you remember, on July 7. But that's not our charism. A hundred years ago, attending Mass in this way is the bare minimum. It's not as though a hundred years later, this all of a sudden becomes a charism. No, for us, this is the bare minimum. How, in, other, in what other ways do we open our hearts and our souls to the Holy Spirit to be specifically 
sanctified, to be consecrated in a particular way. What's our purpose today? What's our purpose this week? What's the purposefulness of our, of our waking hours, of our money, of our efforts? Especially with, uh, with a, a grown man today being confirmed, already baptized, it's, it's useful to be reminded of how we receive the sacraments not just for our own benefit. We, see, we receive the sacraments for the sanctification of others. Baptism and confirmation really uh, work as bookends of that same mystery of Christian initiation. We're not made Christians just so that we can go to heaven. But intrinsic to that... It's understanding that this is, this is for the sanctification of the world and for others. The Lord says to Peter, Duk in Altum, precisely when it seems like there's nothing more to be found, our efforts will only be wasted. If the Lord has set you on a path, you're bound in marriage. You are consecrated in a particular way. And it seems to be producing no fruit. Set out into the deep. Renew the depth of faith. Rely on the spiritual gifts of God. And don't think that it's simply your goodwill or your good efforts that will eventually produce the results you desire or the results that you think God has in mind. Be willing to be like the one on the cross. Be willing to be made an example of the the power of God so that what what happens, what good ensues can be attributable only to the power and the glory of God. Peter complies, acknowledging after the fact that he is a sinful man. Why is it good to be reminded of this even when you are already particularly open to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? It's good to be reminded that the Holy Spirit desires to work this way in in all souls. And you, you may very well have given up on that person or that family or those Catholics. Instead of encouraging and inviting people to be to, to pray deeply and to, to trust in God and to, to give their lives to the Holy Spirit. To acknowledge are are you are you are you well? Is there a problem? Is there is there I'm concerned about you. Or 
or even to, to acknowledge something unique in someone just so as to point out to them that, it, it, that the good that, that you see in them comes from God. How much more God could do when, when we cooperate with them deliberately, purposefully. So today on July 7th, let us be that much more deliberate. We are, our charism, our, our unique purpose is, is not that we um, really don't like bad music or we really don't like um, prayers that sound childish. No, our, our, our lives by the glory of God are lived in communion with the Catholic Church. And it doesn't stop there. Our hearts and souls are open to the Holy Spirit. And he will make us holy in specific ways and will give us charisms that are not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. And we will not congratulate ourselves for them nor take credit for them. But we will use them for the glory of God and the salvation of souls and the good of his church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.